You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. We were talking about uh, experience I had at the post office, and now my brother worked at the post office briefly, and how it was a soul suck, because everybody just sat around talking about when their next break was, letting their life slip away. Oh, that depresses me, just hearing it, that, that wounded my soul. I know, and it reminded me of a number of jobs that I've had that were, uh, you just, every day you wondered if you could do it another day. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and actually working with guys where, or, or working alone, sometimes I was working alone, where I just, I'd see how long I could go without looking at my watch. How long can I go without looking at my watch? Okay. Oh, yeah. it's, it's had to have been an hour. Has to have been an hour. It's and got to be like up. 11 o'clock. I'm an hour for lunch and you look and it's 10, 15. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I can still picture the clock on the wall that I wouldn't look at. Because there was a big old clock on a wall. I didn't even have to have a watch at the, the job I hated that I loathed the most, and the time would pass the most slowly. Oh, it was awful. I picture, like, in that particular situation, me and this other guy painting uh, painting fences in the feedlots out in the hot sun. Oh, jeez. And we're just out in the middle by ourselves in cattle and painting with white paint and a brush. Wow. For hours and hours and hours. Did How long do you think it's any been? interest in that? It's had, it's had, no. It's had to have been an hour. <laughs> Go ahead, wow. look. Wow. It's been 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. wow. oh no. Hey, Chris Rock's got this great bit about when you, when you have a career, there's not enough time in the day. The time just flies by before you know it. It's bedtime. Right. When you have a job, you don't, you start not trusting your own time. You got to verify, hey, I got, my watch says 10 after 10. What's right. your watch say? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I think mine's busted. I worked at a hardware store for a while, and weekends when it was busy, wasn't that bad. I was constantly busy with people needing stuff and everything like that. Weekdays when there was nobody there, just painful. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you do jobs like that. Do you get used to it? If you got the kind of particularly government job where it's worth it to do it, you've won the lottery if you can make it to retirement, you get get pension and health care the rest of your life, but God dang it, how do you make it through every day? With the smartphone era, it might be a lot easier. Mm, if yeah. I could possibly surf the internet on my phone or be texting friends. God, if I'd have been sitting out there and could have texted friends while I was painting, I'd have never gotten anything done. Right. Or, or even listened to a podcast. Oh, yeah. Something exactly. like that. Yeah. Exactly. As a taxpayer, I'd appreciate it if you'd get a little work done, but you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? Do you think there's a benefit to having a job like that? Because I think uh, I think a lot of younger people today don't don't ever have a job like that. Depends on the person. Some people it defeats them and their soul just goes dead. Some people it motivates them like crazy to get work that they're more interested in. I just don't know. It depends on the individual. I think. I think it's important to expose yourself to as many types of work as you can to kind of really figure out what works for you. Yeah, I don't know. I think about this a lot because I got kids and how much do I want them to work and at what point and I just. I worked a I worked a lot since I was about thirteen years old. I've worked pretty much constantly a lot of hours, and uh, I, I'm I don't know that there's a benefit for that. I'd like it to be true, mm-hmm. but I don't know that there is because I know plenty of people who never worked a freaking day. I know people personally never worked a day until they got out of college and got their first job, and they do well, and they work hard, and they're very successful. Mm. There was no lesson that needed to be learned, or did you just spend some of your youth? Doing really crappy stuff when you could have been having fun during that period of your life when you get to have fun. Right. Right. And you wouldn't be so angry and bitter. Just uh, not you, a friend. Uh, (laughs) Right. 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 I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't either. Well, Jack, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's what they say. They are idiots. (laughs) 
I work remember. Is work. I remember my first job at a national chain of coffee shops that still is in business. Mm. I was 13 years old, and I worked from 6 p.m. till 1 a.m. during the week. And one of my main jobs was to take big heads of lettuce and chop them up and put them into a huge, huge tub. Oh no! You know what? It was the coffee dish. shop. Yeah, it was the. Di- it was where you was, that was yeah, their trademark. Not, they put it, lettuce in the coffee. It was, no, it was it was where you'd wash dishes. I put it in the in sink. The I put the lettuce. You'd rub lettuce in on the sink. Right. To soak. I think so you're confusing jobs, Mark. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, I put. I'm sure. I fill up the sink with water. <laughs> You'd put the you'd put then the I chopped up. Became a lawyer. I worked in a law firm. We sued lettuce <laughs> lettuce growers and consumers of lettuce. Now you chop up the lettuce and you put it in the sink and let it soak to clean it. Sure, you know, and I'd do tons of that for yeah. like hours. And right. again, I look back and I was thirteen. Boy, that was back in the day when they didn't really check to see how old you were. Now, now having money is a good thing. That's one of the things I really liked about working then and now. Right, uh, is having money, but uh, money, or as some people call it, lettuce. Coincidentally, <laughs> aside from that, do you think that that was the, you know uh, really helped you in life, or did you just spend some of your youth working instead of having fun? Oh, I only did this for about three weeks, mm. you know. But it was nice to have the money. <laughs> they discovered <laughs> nobody wants lettuce in their coffee. <laughs> we, this we is a waste this position for nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, right. And they, the lettuce kid, yeah, fire him. <laughs> we, we created this position for nothing. The lettuce washer. <laughs> It's from the the childless single uh, single bedroom apartment dweller of the staff. It seems to me that that having a job early provides the framework to learn right. the very important things that you like discipline, um, money management, things like that. I like if, to believe that. I just like I said, I know people who didn't do that at all, and they do fine. But they learn those lessons elsewhere, either through good family raising or somehow in school they did that. So if it's important to get those things, and I think jobs offer a very clean, uh, effective way to teach that to families who may not be able to yeah. afford I, other ways. I honestly don't know what's best, because we, we all know, and there are statistics, and we hear that from business people all the time. There's all kinds of examples of people who've never had a job, and then they get shocked when they get their first job, and they're terrible employees, and blah, 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 blah. So that happens, too. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, kids need to learn how to work for a crappy boss and what it's like to have a crappy boss. Those kind of people skills, you know, you got to teach them that. Right. Well, I've made that point to my kids, and they didn't enjoy hearing it in school when they'd have idiot teachers that they had to put up with. I said, managing the politics of that may be the most important thing you learn in school, figuring out how to get past your disrespect for that person and understand, well, it's in my best interest to still do well in this class. And I said, you know, it's it's annoying as hell, but it's an important skill. Oh, Dad, I'm five years old. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I just told you my kinder, kindergarten uh, teacher's mean to me. Like Henry says to me a lot, why are you telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's disrespectful. Oh, no kidding. Oh. I don't know. I just thought it'd be handy someday. I, I would love if parallel universes existed. I would love to know if I if I hadn't worked as much or did this that. Wouldn't right. you like to know if you if you if you lived different experiences? Oh yeah, where you would be or would you be better off, worse off, same? Would it would your would your DNA and personality win out and you'd be roughly in the same spot? Or? I wish there's a drug you could take to get that going in your own head. Just play out that movie. That would be unbelievably interesting. Can you imagine? 
The only thing that'd be more interesting is to spend an hour living in somebody else's psyche ah, to figure out. Nah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it could be incredibly enlightening, I suppose. What if you're one of those people who's like consumed with fears and you, you spent the, uh, the day in a happy go lucky person's head? Or vice versa. You, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, or or you jump into mine. It's just like so. It's a teddy bear on a teeter totter. Huh. <laughs> so you jump into you're in somebody else's head, and you're like that guy we talked about yesterday, who's sexually attracted to horses, and every time he ha- sees one, he has to stop and masturbate in front of the horse. Right. So you're in that guy's head, and you including think, wow. the day oh. he gets released for masturbating in front of a horse, he immediately well M's in front of an H. But so if you're in that guy's head, you think this is not a pleasant way to live. Yeah. I wonder if you'd just end up more compassionate overall if you're in somebody else's head. Yes. Yeah. I think absolutely you would. Of course you would. Yeah. Or what if you realize this this person's way dumber than I am or way smarter? Either one. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the saying that is true of politics these days that we judge ours by the best of our intentions and theirs by the worst among them. I think we tend to uh, assume that all of our qualities are character and all of our faults are, you know, genetic right. or excuable and vice versa. <laughs> right. Something are my the, parents did. The opposite on, on other it. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you sold They're just sh- being jerks. When you sold shoes, Sean, did time fly by? Were you busy or was a lot of standing around? Uh, the weekends were pretty busy, but there was a lot of... Got to touch a lot of feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, there was a... I could not do that no, job. Did you ever pleasure yourself when you're touching uh, the jeez. Oh, not that I would say on my oh, microphone. Oh, jeez, he says. Says um, you, horse guy. You brought it up. Uh, but the, the so other similar sales job, the, when I was selling cars, was the, the time when it would just most just oh, drag. Oh. When you're just on the lot on a Wednesday... And there's just there just aren't people showing up, and right. you're just sitting there, and you're like, well, well, and you're on commission too, exactly, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that would rough. hurt. That's rough. <laughs> then a horse goes by, and hey, did you guys see that horse? <laughs> yeah, excuse <laughs> me, give me a minute. Hey, nobody's cleaned the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are we going to sell any cars if the lettuce isn't clean? <laughs> People like nice, fresh lettuce with their cars. Do they? I've been around this car dealership for 30 years. Don't you question me. It's down from corporate. Yeah. This is a corporate cram down. Clean the lettuce. Get in there and scrub that lettuce, son. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Uh, this this story may be, uh, my gut tells me it's probably true. It's from page six, which is the gossip section yeah. of the New York Post, which is kind of an odd place to have it. But it's a story about Jeff Bezos and his girlfriend. Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, the star blanking, uh, in my opinion, um, uh, the, uh, the former like TV news anchorette. She's a climber. Yeah. yeah, she's a climber and a star blanker. But anyway... Um, they're uh, cruising around in Key West, nice resort in Key West, enjoying their their day, uh, chilling in the uh, warm ocean breezes. But then I'm like, why is this article in front of me? Then it goes, they seemed relaxed, uh, even as Saudi activist Iyad El Baghdadi. That's number uh, number one name. You have to remember ba- El Baghdadi, not the ISIS Al Baghdadi, different guy. Okay. Um. He announced that the CIA has told him that he is a target. Bezos is. No. 
al-Baghdadi is. Because al-Baghdadi has been investigating how the National Enquirer obtained Bezos' messages and photos for its January story about his affair. Uh So, I thought they determined that she gave him to her brother? Mm. Her brother took him from her? The story was a little fishy. Mm. But who who paid, who financed, who dug? So, al-Baghdadi, the way I interpret this, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, was working for Bezos in trying to figure out how the National Enquirer got those messages. And he's been probing Twitter accounts controlled by Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Crown Prince, MBS. This came about because Bezos and the Washington Post, which he owns, have aggressively been investigating MBS for killing Jamal Khashoggi, the journalist. You remember that one, of course, inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. And he did some work for the Post. He was one of their reporters or uh, contributors of some sort. Khashoggi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so the Post has been going hardcore on MBS for snuffing Khashoggi. Then... All of a sudden, Bezos is being humiliated by the disclosure of private material. Nobody can really figure out where it came from. There are a variety of stories. As far as we still haven't seen the pictures of him naked since they're out there. Um, So anyway, this al-Baghdadi character says uh, he stood by the Washington Post and it's reporting on Khashoggi's murder. MBS saw this as betrayal, and it seems MBS exploited their Twitter networks, their cyber capabilities, and their friends in D.C. to unleash a series of actions aimed at punishing Jeff Bezos. Um, Whistleblower also told him months before the expose that MBS was plotting to target WAPO staff to expose either sexual or financial scandals. Oh, what that do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a fight with a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's the battle of the billionaires. Yeah. All right. Um. So. Uh, yeah. I tell you what. The the hijinks of MBS have not come up in the news lately. He's kind of off the front pages for a while, but his his madness is not done. No way. He's going to do crazy stuff. I think MBZ said you got to calm down a little. MBZ is a guy who runs the UAA. UAE, and he's mm-hmm. actually the power in the whole thing. He's got sway over MBS? Oh, absolutely. How's come? Yeah, he got MBS the job ah. of of running Saudi Arabia. And then remember, MBZ paid for the, the glowing puff piece presentation that was for MBS, got him on the 60 Minutes, yeah, right. got him out of Silicon right. Valley, got him on all the shows and the yeah. magazines, stuff like that, yeah. Well, why He's does MBS need MBZ's help? That's what I don't understand. Uh, he just looks up to him, I guess. And MBZ's much... got a lot of sway in the region, yeah, I'm guessing. They, and they agree, they mostly are in agreement. MBZ's got all the, he's got all the sway in the region, apparently. The New York, New York Times, huge article about it over the weekend. We've given This weekend? Yeah. How interesting. You ought to read the whole thing. It's very long and exhausting. I'm on it. But we have given them so much military firepower over the years that he is a big deal. But he is a low-profile guy. Mm. He doesn't want people... People are just starting oh, to catch smart. on to the fact... Yeah. That's like old... What's his name? Old what's his name? Proving my point. Pichar? Pinchar? The, the head of Google. 
Yeah. He keeps his head down. He doesn't want to be Mark Zuckerberg. He wants to commit his evils in 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 uh, under the cloak of darkness. <laughs> do the uh, do the two MBs? Do they have like a shield and sword kind of relationship <laughs> where MBS is like the front facing guy who's doing the media tours, and the MBZ is more kind of the muscle doing the dirty work? I don't he know. Used to be till the world decided MBS was a nut, right? Yeah, I I, I doubt that he's happy with a lot of MBS's shenanigans, but okay. because their their main thing is they want to take out Iran. That is right. their whole. That's that's their whole goal. Iran is a threat to our lives, our futures, our families, everything. We got to take out Iran. Um, and MBZ is the one who was in contact with Kushner and has been trying to get this whole Palestinian thing going from the outside in. It's called the outside in plan, um, pushing from Saudi Arabia and uh, UAE to try to settle that down because they think that would help in taking on Iran. Mm. Anyway, um, my point being this. Uh, this MBZ guy, he is he is a big, big deal in the Middle East, and almost nobody knows it. Wow, that's the way to be. Yeah. It's like Kaiser Soze, you know? Yeah, it is. Just uh, some people know your name, and you pull all the strings. Mm. Mm. Um, I pull no strings. The only strings I pull are at the end of my frayed garments. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was strange. Falling yeah. yes, it was. I'm powerless, Michael. Oh, I'm a yeah. pauper. I'm a nobody. A nobody. We'd all like to think we're somebody, but we're nobody. Unless you're somebody. That was strange. <laughs> you shut up in there. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, the story of the day could be... This. Are you claiming you have a memory of every uh, sexual act you've ever performed? Absolutely. Or had performed on you? <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. No way. Absolutely. Wow. Not a chance. Absolutely. So you can, like, write them, them out? I can write them down right now. Well, that's a Rain in Man order. thing, man. That's amazing. I can write them down in order, in order where we were, the circumstances. The yeah. year, the day, yes, the I date? could. Oh, wow. I, no, not the year, uh, but, but pretty close. Yeah. You know, close. Right. Within well, a couple okay. years. While us yelling at each other with uh, increasingly <laughs> high-pitched voices would be fabulous. <laughs> it does It does speak to the way memories are formed yeah. and how different it you is. You don't? I thought everybody did. No. No? No. Well, number one, there have been quite a few. Well, maybe that's my problem. <laughs> sure, I remember, I remember the first time, the second time, and the third time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 100% of the times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, but... No, no. Without a doubt, absolutely. I can the circumstances, uh, yeah, everything. Names in almost every case, I think. I have no independent recollection of like dating women until somebody reminds me. Oh wow, if I have you would not remember having sex with them. That's Im- that's impossible to me. That is impossible to me. I can't even imagine that. I'd have to think about it for a while. I don't have to think for, about it for two seconds. Well, I can start at the beginning and go through time by time in order. I'm like a Tarantino film. Like I start no, like I, somewhere I, in the back middle and, and then I right. jump back and forth. Right. And now there's, there. there's cross yeah. stories. Wait, you yeah. know her? Oh, no, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. You end up in a diner standing on the table with a gun. There's um, a gimp. It, it gets bad real quick. Are That's we talking hilarious. past each other? Like during a long-term relationship? No, I mean, every single sexual encounter I've ever had in my life, 
I can remember completely. Like a, a girlfriend you were with for three and a half years. Or three and a half minutes. You, no, no, no. <laughs> but you remember every time you had sex with that girlfriend oh, no, no, for no, no, years. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, we were talking past okay, each other. Okay, gotcha. I was going to say, you're yeah, Rain no. Man. <laughs> no, that would be impossible. And then there was Tuesday at 4.30. Yeah, oh, my. Really. Totally impossible. The sky was cloudy, but the sheets were warm. Each individual person. <laughs> right, okay. All mm. right, there you go. There okay. you have it. So Never that is common. Everybody can do that. Oh, I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I so, yeah. So it makes such an impression on a person that you remember yeah. everything. But like, thought. there are, like Bill Clinton famously said oral sex was not sex. Which is not true, but... Okay, so you're including every act that we can result in orgasm. Correct. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to be reminded of some. Well, good for but you. it was a long time ago. Good for you or bad for you. I enjoy the memories. I've been married since Harding was in the White House, so yes. there's that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so it turns out they're reviving the brains of dead pigs. I had Everybody another, needs a hobby. I had but, another huh? thing on the sex thing. Yeah. So okay. we were just talking about the remembering the sex. Dead yeah. pigs. Oh, you were doing the whole Tarantino going <laughs> yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns out she knows her. Ah! That thing. <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? I've thought about this before. For instance, my wife and I... Both lived in a in a not particularly big town. It's uh, sixty thousand people. We both have lived there for uh, ten years before we met. Mm-hmm. Both of us lived in that town. We almost certainly had to cross paths. You would think. Maybe we didn't, but we probably did. Given our given our lifestyle and social circle and stuff like that, we almost certainly like we're in the same bar at the same time or the same whatever. And you ever think about that? Like you you walking down the street and I bump into her. My oh, excuse me, no, no problem. And on you go. And on you go. Right. And one day and, I'm going to marry that girl. And I just find that I've always found that weird to think Except about. Except you don't think that you think crazy right. idiot. You keep walking. <laughs> Watch where you're going. I definitely would have thought she's hot. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would have thought that. Sure. Um, she would have thought. Oh. Not on a bet. Looks like that bald headed moron from Talker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um but so um I, I can't confirm that, but so we got some friends that they figured out long after they were married, so they would they would have been they would have been going back quite a few years. They got a couple of kids now and everything like that, that they were at a the same party in college. Somehow it came up in conversation. They found out they knew the same person right. and then nailed it down to they were at the same party at the wow. same time. Wow. And for whatever reason, in the way that this sort of thing works, sparks didn't fly when they saw each other or maybe even talked to each other. Did in the they way have that, that they d- uncomfortable conversation? So did you just not find me attractive or what? <laughs> it had to have been one of those things where somebody was telling us, I remember a party back in college. Yeah. This one guy jumped into a right. giant thing right. of Jello. Yeah. And the right. je- wait, wait, the Jello thing? Wait, the, I was right. at that one too. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Jello Jim, you I know, remember. You know, oh, he did it all the time. You know, Fritzy, Fritzy from college. Yeah. He was my girlfriend's uh, boyfriend's best friend. You were at that party. Yeah. Yeah, but I just I just find that weird. Didn't so notice what, you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just well, yeah. for both of you, it's true. Yeah, a lot of good-looking girls there. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, higher standards then, or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I had that line. I hadn't decided to settle. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. That's the one you go with. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I just, I just think that's interesting, because in generally, I've always thought that there's there's some chemistry that goes on between people that, that science still hasn't figured out. And, I mean, that, I don't think that. We know that. They still haven't completely nailed down what goes on with all of our DNA and genetics 
we're looking at somebody and our brain, our animal brain is telling us you could mate with that person yeah. and have healthy offspring that could also have offspring because that's the only reason we exist as yeah as physical beings. I know Judy had been to our church many times because her grandmother went to the same church I grew up in and I think she even like sang in the choir once or twice or guest directed it or and something looked over so and I... saw you and went meh. <laughs> Well, I don't, you know, I'm, it's funny because uh, we've talked about this and, you know, Sutter's a cute girl. There's lots of cute girls. I don't know. But what about the whole thing I was just describing? I mean, there's something that goes on, I think. Well, I was just so consistently horned up at the time that I don't think it probably stood out. Well, one of the, I mean, yeah, anything with, you know, a pulse and a, and a pretty smile is like, wow, yeah, hey. One of the ingredients in that chemistry stew is the age and the time at yeah, which you exactly. engage. Your life experience has changed, and all of a sudden, this thing that may not have been attractive a decade ago, mm. all of a sudden, is much more appealing. For instance, a man in all denim. <laughs> like I'm wearing today? For instance. Wearing the Canadian tuxedo? <laughs> a man in all denim. Oh, boy. Well, and are you otherwise involved, too? I wonder how much the, yeah, I actually wonder I wonder how much that plays. I wonder if we're in a relate we're in one of those relationships. So our animal brain has decided you're in a relationship with somebody you could have healthy children with, mm-hmm. which is all we care about animal brain. Right. Well then it's it turns off it's looking for another one meter it, sh- it, it should anyway. Yeah. I, and then so you just if you come across somebody else it doesn't matter. You've got one. Yeah, I have a vague memory of us talking on the air about uh, various studies having to do with women find men who are in a relationship more attractive because there's some hormone that's put out or <sighs> what is or, it with or women? It, or it's the opposite trouble starters. But, but I know <laughs> I, I don't even remember the study the result of it but the point was there are different outputs of pheromones depending on your status. Are you in a relationship? Or are you not? So, yeah, who knows? Maybe the Debodio were involved with somebody else. So the smells you put out that trigger the other person's brain in the right person. Although my those... wife was dating a guy when I met her. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. wonder where he is now. But he Lonely. might not have been. Might have been, been. Might not have been the right guy. Right. We've all dated Clearly. people. Surely we've all been in relationships with people that we had no intention of ever having children with. Right. Yeah. So. Right. And that's all our animal body wants, is to find somebody to have healthy children with. People ignore that all the time. They just try so hard to ignore that, but it's just true. For instance, big college event in my town last weekend. Uh, big giant event, festival sort of thing, college kids everywhere. And the way everybody was dressed, I found amusing. And it's just so anthropologically basic. Nobody ex- expresses that themselves, but... It's Everybody, like the flaming red butt of the baboon, Jack. It really is. It's the peacocks with their, their, their tail feathers up showing their brightest colors. I mean, the girls and the guys were dressed in such a way to attract a mate. And we all think it's because I like sex and what I No, there's something deeper and more powerful going on there. Right. And you have no control over it, and you don't even know why you're putting on makeup at 8 o'clock in the morning to go out to this festival. You think you just want to look good? No. You're being driven by the strongest impulse we've got in our body to find a mate. Sure, sure. It's turkey-loving time right now. I hope this won't trigger Marshall. But, yeah, the Turks. Marshall groans because he's had his automobile surrounded by turkeys. And they approach and approach and approach. And all he had to protect him was 3,000 pounds of steel. (laughs) But... um, the the uh, the, the and male human intellect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a gas pedal, <laughs> 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 
But uh, the Turks, they get all puffed up. Yes. And their colors are bright, and they fan their tail That's out. That's the way like, I do it. That's oh, exactly yeah. the way I do there it. There was a lot of fanning when they approached my oh, car. Totally. Maybe fanning they want to suck you up. I, I, I puff up and fan up. my tail out. Puffed up. Look at this. I don't want to think about this. Right. And then They're covered in the, denim. Then the turkey babes <laughs> pretend like they don't even notice. Right. Uh-huh. They just, yeah, right. And they just keep walking. But before you know it, before you know it. They're making sweet turkey love right in the middle of the fairway. I've watched the goats when they're in season, and you, you recognize human, well, it's animal behavior, but you recognize things you've seen in humans mm-hmm. in that whole nasty mating thing. The oh, playing boy. coy, I'm not interested. Right, and the, right. And then right. the, 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 the two males jockeying for position. I'm the tough guy. He thinks he's a tough guy. Get out of here, supposed tough guy. Right. There's a new series of those, uh, like, kind of nature our planet uh, this one's actually called our planet narrated by david attenborough uh sort of you know david attenborough best voice for looking at landscape and animals on the terrain so i think it was <laughs> the second episode they they had this this long thing on bird kind of mating dances and there oh, was yeah. there was this one that was actually a coordinated it was like a boy band there were four of them <laughs> they were coordinated there was one that was already designated as the as the leader so at the end of it he kind of got to go over and see if the lady bought their whole choreographed thing but <laughs> right. there's like five or six different bird mating dances that i just found hilarious well, yeah, ostriches are cool they have like this really elaborate thing where he lifts a wing and she lifts a foot and then it's like some sort of wacky do folk dance you got to learn in gym class in middle school uh, but that's how they show they're interested yeah. is there any way we could get our podcasts like cross-pollinated with other podcasts so we get promoted more like for instance we get in with the audubon society right and some bird watching podcast on this one they're Ameri- huge in the podcasting world i'm, I'm sure you know that <laughs> american <laughs> pork association Definitely. are we going to get to the reanimated frankenstein pig brains probably I don't know. not Do we have time maybe tomorrow maybe tomorrow Maybe tomorrow. They can bring pigs' brains back to lives. That, that life, that, that requires an entire conversation. Hey, Sleep uh, easy, friends. Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy your, enjoy your day. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Since Joe and I are kind of like Oprah and Gail King. A great deal uh, like that. Oprah said this about Gail King. If anybody ever asks, say this about me. When Oprah was asked what she thinks Gail King's purpose in life is, Oprah said, Gail is sitting in the seat of her soul right now. I'd like you to say that about me, if anybody ever asked. <laughs> wow. S- who wow. says stuff like that? I o- can usually Oprah figure does. out from context. Everybody gets a soul. <laughs> um, you get a soul seat. You, you get, get a soul seat. seat. You <laughs> soul seat. She was well, Say that again. Yeah. I mean, because I can't even repeat it, because it seems like words strung together in, in, like, random sentence generator style. When asked what she thinks Gail King's purpose in life is, Oprah said, quote, Gail is sitting in the seat of her soul right now. Wow. It's a good place to be. Comfy. That's a good, 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 good way to be. All right. I'm going to start making up phrases like that, (laughs) and then take on a tone of... If you don't understand it, you're just obviously stupid or unsophisticated. Right. Yeah, that, that'd be a good look. <laughs> It'd be a good vibe to put out. Right. Oh, you know, we should have talked on the show. Maybe we'll do it uh, tomorrow. But we should have talked about how they were having that, um, that, that uh, house panel on hate speech. And they were streaming it, and YouTube had to shut down the comments because there was so much hate speech oh, hilarious. in the comments. It is hilarious in a way. Yeah, but and and it was also controversial in a lot of ways. But you know, we'll get to that eventually. So I've been thinking about this a lot. I haven't brought it up on the show for a couple of different reasons, and I got to be vague about the who's the who involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Um, so, and, and I mentioned this. Uh, I Is mentioned it me? This, Am I involved? No. I'm not what directly. About me? I mentioned this. <laughs> shut me? Up. Yes, Marshall Phillips is involved. He was masturbating in front of a horse. There, you, you pushed me too far. Right. You pushed me too all far. All right, all right. Oh, my God. Oh. I just fell out of my soul seat. Wow. Sorry. I, was, I lashed out angrily like an idiot. So. I mentioned that I had reached out to a, a very well-known musician in one of my favorite bands because I needed, a, 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 well, I think I can say this. I needed a keyboardist, somebody who plays a variety of keyboardy instruments to play on this CD I'm working on with my band, Dead Flowers. Paul Schaefer. It's exactly, exactly. right. Paul Schaefer. Bad, nope. Dave. <laughs> no, Barry Manilow, everybody. Uh, so, but uh, that was, uh, I was successful in reaching this person and connecting with this person and shared the music with them. They said, wow, that's that's great. I'd love to do that. And and we did it. I got on an airplane and I flew to where they were. An and, aeroplane. An aeroplane. Yes. And, and got it done. And the results uh, were absolutely fantastic. And we, we uh, meaning this person and this person's spouse who was involved as well, hit it off like crazy. I know where this is going. Threesome. <laughs> so we show up to the party with keys in the bowl in swinging, front of the horse, swinging in threesomes. That's no, where this is headed. No, it's all quite wholesome and nice and and friendly and and people meeting right. each other and 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 making friends and it was uh-huh. it was quite beautiful. But I will tell you this: we went to pick up lunch while spouse was doing some editing, and uh, and we're sitting and chatting as the the food was waiting to be picked up because I spent the entire day with these people. Um, who I'd never met before. I was asked, so what do you, do you, you got a day job, you mentioned, what do you do? And I was extremely vague about what I did. Sure. I mentioned one of the companies with which we have a relationship and said I worked for them, um, but divulged nothing further. Um, and, and listen, I have not said I host a radio talk show in a lot of settings you know, getting my hair cut or whatever, because I just don't want to have that conversation. Well, and especially in the age of Trump. Just, well, and you... that's the thing. And and it, I will tell you, it was not a Dallas, Texas that I flew to. It was one of your super liberal enclaves. Well, and they're musicians. And they're musicians, and I happen to know at least some of their good friends are very, very progressive. And uh, so, you know, when we kicked off this thing, I said... I'm not ashamed. I just didn't need the hassle. And that was it. I'm not ashamed of what I do or a single idea I, am, I espouse. I'm pretty ashamed. <laughs> well, I'm it's because you still it. have the capacity for shame. Mine's dead. Mine was killed. No, but, and and the problem yeah. is, if if you were to ask me, uh, wow, that's interesting. Are you a, quote, conservative? I think labels are practically useless for describing people's politics these days, with a couple of exceptions. Um. I think describing Bernie as progressive, I think that's pretty good. That's fine. Um, But I thought there is no chance that we can have a sane, calm, oh, that's interesting, conversation, and emerge on the other side still people who are getting along beautifully. And and having a wonderful time creating something together, I thought that's that's practically become an impossibility. And, and maybe this is just my crazy head. It, it at least partly is, but it's partly the times we lived in. I spent a lot of time before, during, and after thinking about that because I knew that was the minefield of getting together with these people. And that's unfortunate. It can happen. Um, I don't know these people at all, but it, it can happen where people are, oh, wow, I would have never guessed you're one of them, whichever side it is. Right. 
I'm not sure I'm really interested in hanging out with somebody who's one of them. Right. Right. That can't happen. I know what happens. And as we've talked about on the radio show, that very concern wouldn't have existed 20 years no, ago. No, no, no. Wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought about it once, never mind twice, because politics wouldn't come up. And even if they did, I mean, it's like uh, finding out somebody roots for a different sports team or something. You might josh them a little bit, but you'd move on. And I just I thought that was it was too bad. It ain't going to get less like this anytime soon. Right, right. Would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, because it's not like I'm an abortionist or something. Oh, my God. You know, I just I talk about the news and kind of share my point of view. So, yeah, yeah. I wonder if we ever come out the other end. I hope so. I hope so. I would say we had to have somebody like one inch right of center run against somebody one inch left of center for the presidency. And everybody's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to flip a coin and all. But... Unfortunately, I think that would continue to grow the government and screw the kids out of their money because we're spending money like lunatics. So I'm already I keep pitching what I think is right. I've already forgotten the phrase, so I got to look it up on my phone again. Gail is sitting in the seat of her soul right now. Okay, is there like I'm sitting on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> or she's uh, boy, I tell you what, she's out on the edge of her soul yeah. where it's kind of sharp and hurts your ass. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never heard that expression as long as if I live. Yes, you, 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 you read a lot. You, have you ever heard that expression? No, but if you need me, I'm going to be napping in the bed of my laziness. <laughs> Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.